Podcasts are pretty common. So what makes the Uncommon Podcast uncommon? Well, it's all in our name. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we at Uncommon Sports Group understand the unique pressures and temptations that come with a career in the sport industry. We provide Uncommon training that helps you successfully navigate common challenges. Hit the follow button on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Check out our website and become Uncommon. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we are jumping back into our series, How Did You Get There?, where present leaders in the sport industry will be sharing with us how they have navigated a career in the sport industry. I'm super excited to virtually welcome Aaron Wasson on the show today. How are you, Aaron? Doing great, Noah. Thanks. Aaron has been on staff with the University of Oregon for a little over 10 years and currently serves as the Assistant Athletic Director of Equipment Operations and Championships. Prior to his time at Oregon, Aaron spent seven seasons as the Assistant Equipment Manager for the University of Kentucky's football team and one season as the University's Director of Equipment before heading to Eugene. And Aaron, to start us off by sharing why you wanted to get into the sport industry. Yeah, thanks, Noah, for having me. Um... So growing up, um, grew up in a small town in eastern Kentucky, about 30 minutes outside of Lexington, where University of, or University of Kentucky is located. Mm-hmm. Um, we were a sport family. My father was a, a Little League football coach for 35 years. Uh, my sister was a cheerleader. My, my brother played football. I played football. Uh, whatever season, uh, whatever sport was in season, we were playing, whether it's soccer, football, baseball, basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, mom was a cheerleading coach. And so that's what we knew. We knew that um, we were either on the ball field every night or we were at church. And so mm-hmm. there's two places we were going to be yeah. uh, growing up. And so it was just a part of our life growing up. And um, I loved it from day one. And so it was, it was definitely uh, just a part of what we did um, every single day. That's awesome. And definitely, I think for a lot of the individuals uh, that want to work in the sport industry, um, it's really kind of where, where it starts is you start playing uh, those games and you, you get to a point where you can't play anymore and you're like, well, how can I, how can I stay involved? So I think that's awesome. I think that's where the passion um, comes from. And really at my time in the sport industry, I noticed that there's a different passion um, for that, that field of work because it stems from um, a lifetime of growing up playing those games and just continuing to be a part of that is, is really special. So I appreciate sharing that. It's, it's awesome to hear. And if you, I'd love to hear this from you. How did you get your foot into the door of the sport industry? It can always be a tough thing for students. Obviously, you start off with a degree in sports management or something along those lines, and then uh, you know grad school. But the next steps after that to really get that experience part uh, can be really difficult. So kind of share with us how you got your foot in the door and how that first experience in the sport industry really impacted your career. Yeah, I'll go back um, actually all the way to high school. Um, I, I didn't play football in high school. Um, I was a student manager on, on our football team um, and, and learned a lot uh, about, you know, supporting, supporting the athletes that were, were out there playing. Um, so student manager for, for the high school team. Um, and, and as I graduated, you know, looking at different schools, really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. 
I really want, knew I wanted to do something in athletics. Um, mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to be a student manager um, uh, starting off my freshman year at the University of Kentucky for the football yeah. team. Um, you know, the differences are, are in, uh, there's a lot of differences between high school and college when you're a student manager, right? Yeah. And so my freshman year, the fall of my freshman year, um, I, you know, I, I worked at the University of Kentucky for Tom Kalinowski and um, didn't really enjoy my time that year. And, and the reason why is because I didn't really realize the time commitment it was going to take. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there was a lot of friends that um, I wasn't able to hang out with that fall. Mm-hmm. They were out doing their things, socializing, getting to know people at school. Uh, we weren't having a great football season. Yeah, uh, our coach actually halfway through the year was let go. So there was that transition um, mm-hmm. over the Christmas break. You know, I had conversations with my parents. I was like, hey, I, I'm not sure I want to do this. You know, all my friends are all, you know, they're hanging out. They're going to parties. They're doing this. They're doing that. And, you know, and, and I'm doing laundry every single day for a, for a football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom convinced me, hey, just stick it out through the spring. If you still feel the same way, you know, you know, maybe we can look at something else. Um mm-hmm. Obviously, my parents are also looking at a way to, to help, you know, pay tuition. And yeah. when I'm 18 years old, I'm not always thinking about that. Well, mm-hmm. it, you know, I, I committed to that for the year and I was going to do it. And she reminded me of that. Well, um, I had a coaching change and, you know, things changed for me as well. Um, I really I really committed to being an equipment manager, being a student manager. Realized it was opening up some doors. Yeah. Uh, we, we had a new football staff. I, I came back. Um, that spring and and things really changed for me and mm-hmm. I really really started to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through you know I went through my my time as an undergraduate. Tom was giving me more responsibilities. I really really embraced that role. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I started getting a little bit of a scholarship. My parents were happy as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so once once I finished up my undergrad, I thought I wanted to be a high school coach and a teacher, right? And didn't really know for sure, but that's kind of the, the direction I was leaning. Mm-hmm. I'm really, really fortunate. I was right place at the right time. Um, Tom K offered me an internship, um, one of his first internships he'd had. Mm-hmm. And so during that year, you know, I was his assistant for football. And then I, I would help out the baseball program, softball, soccer, wow. whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I would help him out in the spring when I didn't have football responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And so... At that point in time under my internship, I really realized, I think I want to go in equipment management, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and so I, w- I was really fortunate to learn um, from Tom K there at Kentucky, Kentucky, really the basics of what it meant to be an equipment manager. Yeah. How you can add value, how it's really, really important, um, you know, to, to think about the safety of the student athletes. Mm-hmm. Also know that you're going to be there um, a long period of time throughout the day, you know, you're kind of the team behind the team and Mm -hmm. you got to be okay with that. And so after that, after that year of internship, um, they were looking to expand the equipment staff. Um, there was one football equipment manager, Tom, and then there was a a men's basketball equipment manager, Mm -hmm. um, Mr. Kitely at the time. And they didn't have, they didn't have anyone else to do the other sports. And so I was lucky to get on board, um, full time Mm -hmm. at that point in time. And um, really, really add um, add some value, hopefully, to the baseball, the softball, women's basketball, some of those sports that assistant mm-hmm. coaches 
director of ops we're kind of managing on a day-to-day -day basis that um you know in addition to to helping tom k with football i was able to do those other sports and so that's kind of how the past started um and then uh, it kind of kind of went from there but it all started out just listening to my mom and yeah. there and so um, really fortunate for that yeah i love two points you made the first being um really the fact that you stuck with um being in equipment even though it was difficult um, it, the sport industry is hard. I think that is something that a lot of students realize once they jump into it, um, especially in the early stages of volunteering and uh, doing things that are difficult. Um, and really, I think it's awesome that you stuck with. And I think for our students listening, that's an encouragement for them to still see you this many years later, um, still working in the industry and that that didn't really tear you down, even though it discouraged you for that period of time that you stuck with it. So I love that point. And then secondly, learning from your superiors that's that's huge. Um, there's really no class that can ever teach you exactly what it means to be a great equipment manager, to be a great marketer, to be a great operations director. All those positions really stem from how can you learn from somebody that's already doing it? And how can you gain that direct experience? So I love hearing those two things from you. And I think that directly correlates to um, just a, a young person's career as they start jumping into that and looking for different ways to get their foot in the door and start that. Um, I think that's two great points that, that really um, resonate with me and hopefully resonate with our students as well. So I love that point. You know, it's awesome to see too, looking at your career path that you were able to stick with the Kentucky program. It wasn't just where you graduated from that they saw you added value, kind of like you said, and they stuck with you. And you spent seven seasons as an assistant football equipment manager uh, for Kentucky. So share with us kind of how that opportunity came about. Yeah. So like I said, as my internship was winding down, um, Really, really fortunate that, you know, they were looking to expand the equipment staff mm -hmm. and, and really support some of the um, the other teams there. Um, we had a new athletic director at a time and Mitch Barnhart obviously still there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and his he really made a point of emphasis that we wanted to have broad based excellence. Yeah, we wanted all of our sports to compete for championships. Yeah. A part of that was making sure that um, each of those sports were supported. Um, appropriately and that's mm -hmm. that's also the equipment staff right where yeah you know our even to this day at Oregon our you know we want our our coaches to to recruit and yeah. to coach and not have right. to worry about equipment and that's where we were at Kentucky at the time is you know how can how can I help those sports take something off the plate of those coaches or director of ops mm -hmm. let them do what they need to do on a daily basis and not worry yeah. about the equipment piece of things and yeah. so that that's you know fortunate enough to 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 land that role there right after my internship. Um, it was mm -hmm. a seamless transition because I was doing a lot of the responsibility anyway as an intern. Um, and so then through through my my seven years there, um, the same thing. I was just looking for areas that you know I could take something off someone's plate, whether it be an administrator or a director of ops or an assistant coach. And then slowly started kind of plugging into our Nike reps. That, mm -hmm. that covered our school there at Kentucky um, and, and managing kind of the day-to-day -day, um, relationship and the orders and the budgets that needed to happen there yeah. um, on a daily basis. So the administrators, you know, didn't have to worry about that or coaches didn't have to worry about that. They knew that the work was going to get done. Um, mm -hmm. it, was just, it was one less thing that was, that was on their plate that they had to uh, um, worry about. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing to hear. And it's love seeing that kind of that transition for you from um, that student manager role to um, working as an assistant. That's an awesome opportunity. And really 
What I find even cooler, just kind of looking at your story, is that from that role, you jumped to Director of Equipment Operations at Kentucky. Um, again, staying with the same organization, I think that um, is huge. And that, that is something that really shows that you added a ton of value. So kind of share with us, how did that opportunity arise and what steps or what steps did you take to earn that promotion? Yeah, so, you know, I think, you know, I, I've always been told, you know, focus on what your responsibilities are. Mm-hmm. And, and if you want to grow in your profession that, you know, those opportunities will come, um, yeah. not don't worry about the next day or the next week or the next year mm-hmm. that people will notice, um, as I said earlier, the value that you add to the organization. Mm-hmm. And I think that just kind of naturally happened there where yeah. um, we wanted, you know, we wanted a point person for Nike um mm-hmm. or the administration to where someone that kind of manages the the nike partnership and the overall equipment department at the time because yeah. um the the structure there where different equipment managers report to different sports and different administrators and that kind of brought everything under one umbrella um the last couple of years i was there and mm-hmm. um, and i think what you've seen over the last 10 or 15 years is more and more departments have realized um, that is the probably the best structure to go where you have a point person managing kind of the administrative aspect of equipment. Yeah. Uh, and then you have the equipment managers on a day-to-day basis, making sure the student athletes and coaches are taken care of. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I really love the point you made that you can't be focused on getting that promotion. That can't be the main goal. Just doing what you got to do, understanding your current um, role and your current tasks that are at hand. I think that's huge. Really, I think what can be dangerous about the sport industry is that it is such a step ladder, um, climb the ladder type of industry where that's your focus. Um, I think really being present where you're planted and being present where uh, the organization or university has you is so key. Um, so I love hearing that. And yeah, I think for our, for our students being so young, I think that, that can be a, a temptation that uh, it's hard to overcome with that reality that, hey, I, I want to get to where I want to go, um, which is a great goal, but you have to do it in the, in the right way in a way that that is um, honorable and then actually what, what i what i've found and you know hearing from you and other people in the industry is that if you do stay focused and you do stay, and work in the present and work where you're planted that it really does pay off to kind of in your story to, to be able to earn those director positions and work your way up the ladder so love hearing that and your current and final stop uh, is at the heaven of all equipment operations um, at the university of oregon so Kind of share with us what brought that opportunity about and how have you handled the transition to the the high level of equipment standards that Oregon has? Yeah, so um, during my time at Kentucky, I was really fortunate to work um, really hand in hand with Rob Mullins was our deputy athletic director at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and he um, he became the athletic director at Oregon. In, yeah. in 2010 and we stayed in touch um Oregon was going through a transition in equipment where there was a couple of uh, individuals that were getting, re- getting ready to retire yeah um, Rob wanted to reorganize that structure um to what we you know a similar structure of Kentucky where you had a director that mm-hmm. would manage the administrative aspects and the budgets yeah. etc and so really fortunate to be able to to connect with him again um about a year after he became the athletic director at, at Oregon, um, mm. you know, it came out, um, you know, my first year, it was all about listening and learning. Um, yeah. what, what's the, what was the culture here, how things were going to get done. Um, and, and really just stepping back and, and listening and learning. Mm. Uh, 
had a really good um, team of equipment managers at Oregon that took a lot of pride in what they did every single day. Yeah. And, and really fortunate that a few of them are still here um, managing that. And so, you know, it was, it was, it was a large, it was a big transition for myself um, mm. growing up in Kentucky, uh, went, yeah. going to school there, working there. And then all of a sudden here, you know, I knew one person at Oregon. Um, lucky that was the athletic director. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, it was, it was a leap of faith, you know, and really? it was always feel like, and I always tell people, you really, really grow when you're outside your comfort zone. And I really yeah. was. I really was outside my comfort zone, but I thought, you know what, if there is, there's ever time to do this, you know, I talked to my wife about it. We didn't have any kids at the time. It's like, you know, I love my time at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's ever time to really make this jump and make this transition, what better place than Oregon, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we did it. It was, it was, it's been awesome. Just start our 11th year here and wow. uh, it has flown by. Yeah. I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, the amount of that's, that's on our plate every single day mm-hmm. as an equipment staff here. Um, it's yeah. very, very unique. Um, yeah. I think it's unlike any other place, but we wouldn't have it any other way. Right. Um, we absolutely embrace that Nike partnership. Um, yeah. We absolutely um, love what we do here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's not a nine to five job and we understand mm-hmm. that and it's yeah. not for everybody, but that's okay. Um, like I said, we we wouldn't have it any other way that's awesome and two points i mean first thing is is the you know you knew one person there but you know it's cool to see um, we always preach network connections you don't network you make connections you make relationships with people and for you that obviously paid off um on just knowing the individual that was the athletic director and that transition to will give you the opportunity um to go to oregon so that's that's really the first thing that, that I noticed what you said. And that's really awesome. And then second, again, listening and learning. I think even if you're in the, a high role or you go to an organization or a university that has a lot of status or you know, high standards, you still need to have humility and be able to learn. Um, that's, that's awesome. I love hearing that from you. I think for our students, just to be able to have that humility no matter where they go, no matter how, um, how successful they feel in a role, there's still always room to learn, room to grow. And it's important to listen and learn. And then the third thing you said that stood out to me um, probably the most is a leap of faith. Um, there's many times when it, it won't you know, seem like you grew up in Kentucky and you, you go all the way to, to the West Coast, to Eugene, Oregon. I mean, that can be a scary thing. But I think what's awesome about that is, is you did take a leap of faith that now you're 11 years in and you see it paying off and you see it um, as something that was fruitful for you. So um, I think that's awesome. And for our students, really being able to hear that and see that, it gives them confidence to to make that, that similar choice to themselves if they, if they ever cross that bridge one day. So really love hearing that. Kind of the listening and learning part of that is that never ends. You know, I, that was my goal my first year here to really listen, learn, step back, watch, observe, but that happens every day. And yeah. it's amazing the things that you can, you can really learn and, and soak up by mm-hmm. listening to your staff, by listening to the student athletes, yeah. Uh, by listening to the coaches, um, you know, Nike's Nike's phrase is listen to the voice of the athlete. And yeah. that's what we do. Um, yeah. And it starts with them. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the athletes. Right. Mm-hmm. So exactly. we're here to support them. But the listening and learning never ends um, yeah. at all. And if you ever get to that point, um, you may you may find yourself in, in some some trouble because there's mm-hmm. always there are always areas to improve. 
there's always areas to to listen to others and learn from others on 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 you know how to how to move this thing forward it's a great point and definitely it doesn't ever end regardless of where you are in your career i love that point i think that's, that's something that we all need to take um, into wherever we are in our careers and really use that so that's an awesome point point. and aaron what is one piece of advice uh, maybe it is the listening and learning that you would give a young professional who is aspiring to have a career in equipment operations yeah so i think there's a couple things there you know just be a sponge Mm-hmm. Um, sponge of information you know as you mentioned earlier networking is important but i think the most important thing is just is just learning from others um watching and embracing um embracing your time you know in the equipment room really understanding that you're investing in your future yeah whether it's you know the amount of hours a student work students work you know or it's a substantial, and we realize that. And with, yeah. you know, with their commitments in school and the, the social aspect of college, um, yeah, we 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 absolutely understand that. Mm-hmm. I tell our student managers every year we have orientation. Is, you know, they could be working, you know, at a kiosk at the mall or making coffee at Starbucks, and mm-hmm. I get that. And in most cases, they're probably going to make more money doing that. Yeah. But however, long term, they've committed to being a student manager. And I really feel like if they really embrace that role mm. and really, really invest their time into that on a daily basis, it will it will pay dividends twofold long term. I love the word invest. That's one of my favorite words in really anything, whether it's my faith, whether it's my job, whether it's with my family, with friends, you have to invest in what you're trying to do. So I think in terms of the career, I think that's amazing advice because it is hard um, in the beginning. I was a student basketball manager at Butler University for four years, and I had to invest a lot of time unpaid four years straight, uh, spending hours, usually more hours than I spent in the classroom, um, you know, doing the jobs over there. And, um, and it was a great experience, but it was definitely an investment that I had to make um, for my career and really for my journey. Um, and I think that's awesome to hear that from you and that you share that with your uh, student managers and investing is important. It's going to start off tough and it's going to be a, a grind, right? But at the end of the day, that's what you got to do. So I love that. It's great, great advice. And lastly, Aaron, we have to ask this question. What has been your favorite football uniform combo during your time at Oregon? <laughs> great question. I, I get that uh, from time to time. Yeah. You know, I, I, don't, I can't identify just one. There's a handful that I'll, I'll share. Uh, my first year, we were fortunate enough to win the Pac-12, go to the Rose Bowl, play Wisconsin um, and a project that, that Kenny Farr, the equipment manager, football equipment manager here was working on prior to my time um, was the Chrome helmet um, that yeah. first year. And so I think it was January 1st of uh, 12, we played Wisconsin and we, we unveiled the Chrome helmet for the first time, first college program to do that. So that that's a definitely a highlight to see the reaction and be kind of the first ones to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really, really um, special. Uh, a couple others that were kind of special to me was we partnered with uh, Dorm Becker's Children's Hospital in Portland uh, yeah. to do a special Dorm Becker uniform. Um, the really cool thing about that was um, we were able to get um, some of those children to help with the design of the helmet, the cleat, the uniform, um, and that was really, really cool. They worked with our with our um, our football players for about a year and a half to design that uniform, raised a lot of money um, for the Dornbecker's Children's Hospital Mm -hmm. um, in Portland. 
Um, and I think one other one would be, you know, we did a throwback uniform in 14. Yeah. That was a throwback to, um, you know, the, the early 90s, um, mm-hmm. late 80s, where we had one helmet, a home and away jersey, and one pair of pants. And that was really cool to really get in the details of what that looked like all the way down to kind of the black and white inline cleats that wow. we typically don't wear. Yeah, but it yeah. was really cool for that game um, mm-hmm. to, to come out with that. And so those are some of the highlights. I really don't have a favorite. There, what I say is my favorite is the one we, we wore recently. Um, and I say that every week. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it's definitely a lot of fun to, uh, to uh, kind of be the, the innovator and kind of the tip of the spear in the college football um, uniform landscape. And so mm-hmm. uh, very, very fortunate that, uh, you know, we're able to kind of work with Nike on a daily basis and, yeah. and really, really do some, some cool, um, cool and special uniforms from um, year to year. Oh, I'm sure it is. And it's cool for the fans too. always watching. I remember as a kid, the Chrome helmets, that was a big deal. That was a while ago for me, but I do remember going to school the next day and all, all my friends are talking about it. And it's just, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Probably a lot of fun to be a part of that. Um, and Aaron, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your journey uh, through the sport industry with us. I'm excited to see the impact that this will have on the next generation. Thanks, Noah, for having me and uh, go Ducks. Go Ducks. If you want to get involved with the Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry, as followers of Christ, apply for our training experience on our website at UncommonSG.org. That's UncommonSG.org. Be sure to catch this new series of the Uncommon Podcast every Thursday at midnight Eastern time, as well as the full video episodes on our YouTube channel. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you next week.